This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. Well, does anybody know what we've been talking about? It's right up on the screen. You should get that one. That's an easy one, isn't it? Financial freedom. And you know, it starts with the inward part. You know, a lot of times when we talk about financial or financial freedom in the church, the first thing we want to think about is our pocketbook, our checking account, or something like that. But I'm telling you, we've got to way, go way back upstream before we get to that. Because it's really about a heart issue, isn't it? It's about our attitudes toward money. It's about our attitude toward things. We've talked about that before. You know, we talked about, you know, what is, wh- where does our contentment level set? Because our attitudes get us in our understanding about money and finances. That's what gets us in trouble most of the time, isn't it? I mean, I'm not in debt because I love you so much. I'm not buying all this stuff for you. I'm buying it for me. Isn't that right? Man, I had to have those new shoes. I had to have that motorcycle or whatever it might be that you, you like. But, but we said, you know, we looked at the Scriptures and said, you know, we need to set our contentment level at the right level that the Word sets it at. Paul says, he says, if we have food and clothes, in other words, if, if we have shelter, if we can take care of our family and pay our bills and, and take care of our family, he said, that's the starting place where we need to learn to be content. Does that mean that God doesn't want us to have anything else? No. But that's where I learned to be content. And if you can't be content in God and be content at that level, I got news for you. No matter how much stuff you accumulate, you're still not going to be content. Amen. You think if I get that new car, I'm going to be content. No, honey, you're just going to be in debt. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with having a new car. But we talked about it. You know, we talked about, you know, impatience gets us into debt sometimes. Rather than waiting for God to supply, you know, the, the finances we need to, to purchase something, we just go out, you know, it's easy, 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 easy money. You better look out for that easy money because it's going to get you in debt big time. Amen? And those interest rates are going to start chewing up, chewing up, chewing up your income. So anyway, you can go on our podcast. I don't have time to, re, re, to, to, to go back over all that, but we've talked about all that. And today we're going to talk about, uh, as we build on this, that freedom, financial freedom, it begins in God. That's where it starts. Paul said it starts in contentment, doesn't it? We talked about that. I am content. You know, I, you know, I remember years ago, a lot of years ago, when Cindy and I were first married, and we were living on the mission field in, in Bolivia, we had, to, we, we had the, uh, a Bible school where we were training people, and on the very top floor, a little, just a little, the smallest floor in there, we had a little bedroom, and we had a little bathroom. And the bedroom was a single bed. Single bed. I mean a single bed. <laughs> now, when you're first married, you don't mind so much. What are y'all laughing about? But, you know, after a while, you like a little more room. So, you know, we finally, you know, finally we moved up. We had a double bed, and it went like this. <laughs> you couldn't stay on your side. Forget that. You know. 
You know, but here's the thing, you know, in all, the, all these times, you know, we were just as content. We were just as happy then as we are now that we, we enjoy something, uh, you know, bigger and better. But, you know, we weren't looking for things. We were hard after Him. And contentment starts there. Amen. It starts with looking after God. But we want to talk about freedom that begins in God. Turn over, if you will, to Genesis 3. You know, since the fall of man, he has become obsessed in forcing a living from the land. And you know, that's what God said, didn't he? We're going to read it here in just a moment. 3, verse 17. Notice here in verse 17, he said to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife. Uh Uh-oh. I didn't say that. God said that. (laughs) Let's hurry up and read the rest before we get that out of context, right? And ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you. You must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat your food from it all the days of your life. Wow. Wow. So that wasn't God's original intent, was it? Absolutely not. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. Everybody say, by the sweat of your brow. See, W-O-R-K is not a dirty word. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We've talked about that too in the context of this. Don't make me go back there. It's okay to work. You know, it's not a bad thing to work. By the sweat of your bar, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. The fall of man changed mankind's status in relationship, not only to God, but in relationship to this world. Before that, before the fall, God had created Adam and Eve, put them in the garden. He said, and you keep it. You know, there was a whole different relationship. Man had a different type of dominion before the fall over the earth than he had after the fall. And so after the fall and sin came into the earth, and because of man's disobedience and sin, a curse came upon the earth. Now, I'm telling you, you have to work at it, and you really have to make the earth yield its return. Amen? Absolutely you do. That's what God said. But now, you know, from master to servitude. Don't worry, we're not going to leave you there. But I want you to understand this. You know, people say, why does all this stuff happen? Why is there earthquakes? Why are there tornadoes and hurricanes and droughts and floods and all of this? Because of the fall of man. There's a curse that's been put on this planet because of the fall of man. So it is not... In the, the perfect condition that it was before the fall. And one of these days, the Bible tells us, there's going to be a new earth. Hallelujah. Boy, that's going to be something, isn't it? We're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new earth. We're going to, God's going to get this thing put back right together. Amen? Amen? But in the meantime, I've got good news for you, so stay tuned. <laughs> Amen? But he went from master to servitude. From God-centered to earthly-centered. See, before the fall, you know, Adam wasn't worried about money in his pocket. 
He wasn't worried about if the earth was going to supply his need. He wasn't thinking about any of that. He was completely God-centered. He was thinking and relating to God in a perfect relationship. And so he was walking, and he was walking in the cool of the day. He was walking in fellowship with God. He was using that that God-given dominion and authority before the fall to rule over the earth and the garden. And he didn't have a care in the world. Now, what does the Bible tell us as believers now? Because we've been redeemed, he said, Paul wrote, and he said, be careful for nothing. But how many Christians are obsessed with getting a living? Oh, Pastor, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if eight out of ten prayer requests that I've gotten through the years has been about money. Nothing wrong with praying about it. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm trying to make a point here. We're obsessed since the fall. We're obsessed about making a living. We're obsessed about our food, about our clothes, about all that. But Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, if you get back into a right relationship with God, a right faith-grace relationship with God and understand who God is in that relationship, he said, you won't be thinking about and being anxious about all this stuff that the, the people who don't know God are anxious about. What I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear and where I'm going to live and how I'm going to put the kids in school and all of that. Thank you for... Don't let the crickets amen me. You can't say amen, you have, might have to say oh me. From, so he went from God-centered to earthly-centered. And that's where it's unfortunate, but you know, a lot of Christians, and Paul wrote this to the, to the church at Corinth, he said, you are still carnal. All that meant was that you're ruled by your senses, that you're, you're still primarily relating to this earthly part of yourself. And he said, because of that, he said, all kind of trouble is coming. See, some people can't have peace because they're focused on everything in this natural world. Oh, this is not right, and that's not right, and this needs to be repaired, and that needs to be healed, and this needs to be fixed. And oh, by the way, God, I need more money. (laughs) But if we get focused on God, that's where we've got to come back to. Jesus has set us free from the penalty and the power of the fall. Are you listening to me? He paid the price at Calvary, did he not, church, for our sins. And not only for our sins, the Bible says, but John tells us in his epistle, he said, for the sins of the whole world. That's why we have to go out and tell them. Amen, Amen. Amen, pastor, preach it. I'm going to preach it, and I'm going to be the amen corner. I said, that's the reason we have to go out and tell people. Don't be a secret saint. Amen. Don't be a secret saint. Come out of the closet. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, you might get persecuted. But the Bible says that just means that the glory of God rests on you more. You want more glory? Start sharing. Start telling people. Say, I might lose my job. Well, God will get you a better job. I'm gone to meddling now, haven't I? 
Look, if you, if you will, over in Romans. Let's see what Paul wrote to the Romans over here. You, you know the scripture, but we need to read it. Romans 8. So here's the thing. Are you still living in an earthly-centered, focused life when it relates to money and finances? You know, I've, you, you, you know, I've talked to businessmen over the years, you know, and you, you try to share some of these things. Well, now, pastor, now, you know, business is business and church is church. And, you know, you, you stick to church and I'll stick to business. And see, here's the, listen, church, there's a danger of compartmentalizing. You start trying to compartmentalize your life and the devil will take advantage of you. He'll lead you into compromise. I don't have compartments in my life. I have one life, and it belongs to God. Spirit, soul, body, and pocketbook. I added pocketbook. (laughs) Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now, when? When is now? When will now be? Tomorrow. Next week it'll be. So we live in the now, don't we? You don't live in the tomorrow. You live in the now. That now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. He sets you free. You don't have to be bound by the limitations of this natural earthly life and let that rule and reign and dominate you. You've got to get into God's Word You've got to spend some face time with God. Oh, yeah. Get in your prayer closet and spend some time with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. Spend some time with Him. Let Him saturate you. Let Him talk to you. Look through the prism of faith and see those things which be not as though they were. And He'll begin to tell you to call into certain things that be not as though they were. And He'll begin to show you what you need to do concerning your finances. I know we all want it easy, but that easy button is just a commercial. It's not reality. Amen? Yes, Jesus paid the price. Yes, the gift of salvation is free. I'm not talking about earning that. But listen, if you want God's best, you've got to spend some time with Him. That's just, a, that's just the reality. I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't tell you that. I can't, I can't pray you out of everything. I'll do my best. But, you know, some things, you know, you, we have to do for ourselves, don't we? We have to have our part. And listen, get along with God. Get some face time with God. Begin to pray out His salvation, His will, His plan, His purpose for your life. Begin to prophesy over it what the Holy Spirit begins to show you. And all of a sudden, you know what you'll begin to do? You'll begin to live and walk by the Spirit more than you do by the earthly. Now, this won't happen on purpose because how many of you are busy? (laughs) Don't even need to raise your hand. That's like asking how many of you are breathing, right? So, Jesus has come to what? Reconnect us. His salvation reconnects us to God, to a God-centered life. 
And that begins with salvation, doesn't it? With the new birth. We're brought back, not only are sins forgiven, but we're brought back into a new relationship with God that is now, it's meant to be God-centered. Not earthly-centered. Not money-centered. Not selfish-centered. Ego-centered. Egocentric. But it is now, it is God-centered. But I found this out, you know, after, you know, 40-something years, you know, you stumble over a few things. But I've found this out. As time goes by, this natural realm has a way of diverting your attention. Amen. That pain in your body. That report from the doctor. What your banking account says sometimes. Man, I've been there. Man, I'm telling you, we're on the mission field with two small children. I mean real small. (laughs) You know, of course, this is way back before the Internet, folks. Anybody remember back then before the Internet? <laughs> you know, so we'd, we'd have to call up, you know, the office at home to find out, you know, what our financial situation was as far as in the bank. Man, I can't tell you how many times I'd call up and say, how much, what do we got in the bank? Nothing. Boy, that'll, that'll put a dent in your joy. Wow, we better get, you know, you better get down to it. You better start seeking God's face. You, you know, because here's the thing. You know, the enemy comes and says, see there, see there, see there. Does the enemy, enemy ever come around you and, t- and try to taunt you, tell you that God's word's not true, that God's not going to come through with you this time? Man, that's when I start remembering all that God's done for me. I start immediately. Soon as soon as the voice of my circumstance or the voice of the enemy shows up, I know right away, man, I gotta get zeroed back in on God. I gotta get God centered again. I gotta get back, remember the promise of God, remember what Jesus has done, and I gotta get myself focused back again. I gotta start looking through the right lens of life. Not through the lens of my circumstance and feeling, but the lens of God's word and the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. From the fear of lack into God's abundance. We're talking about He's redeemed us, okay, from the curse of the law, from lack. See, Adam never knew lack. I'm not even sure if that was in his vocabulary before the fall. I mean, that's just my opinion. But I mean, you know, do you imagine anybody ever talks about lack in heaven? I don't think that discussion comes up. What do you think, Clay? Maybe, probably not, does it? <laughs> not in heaven. Why? <laughs> There's no such thing. They don't know what lack is in heaven. I mean, you know. And you know, here's the thing. God wants you to have a life of abundance. That doesn't mean, that means you got, you know, $50 million in the bank. Because you could have $50 million in the bank and still lack peace, still lack joy. Still, still lack uh, your relationships being what they could be, what they ought to be. Get away from this thing where, you know, where the world wants to tell you, boy, money is the answer to everything. No, God's the answer to everything. So fear from lack. Jesus said, I've come that you might have abundance, didn't he? An abundant life. So he set us free from that by reconnecting us to God. A God-centered life, free from the fear of lack into God's abundance, and from the law of sin and death into the law of the Spirit of life. Turn over to Galatians 3 real quickly. 
Galatians chapter 3. We're going to read in verse 10 to begin with. He said, for all who rely on the works of the law under a curse, it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. How are we to live? That's not only in salvation, in our initial relating to God and having our sins forgiven and being born again. Yes, that's where it starts. But he said the righteous, we're made righteous. God imputes his righteousness to us and we are to continue to live by faith. And living by faith is the opposite of living by sight. Living by sight is earth-centered. Living by faith is God-centered. Living by sight is ego-centered. Living by faith is heavenly-centered. He says, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Now, here's what I want to get. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. In verse 29 it says, And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I don't know about you, but I'm an heir. And if you belong to Jesus, if you made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, then whether you know it or not, I got good news for you. You're an heir too. You're a joint heir. You're redeemed from the Christ, from, from the curse by Christ, and all the blessing of Abraham belong to us. Now we can put these in three basic, three general categories, the blessing of Abraham, the threefold blessing. It's spiritual, it's physical, and it's financial. And I can prove it to you from the Word. Amen. Boy, I'm telling you, I don't know what it takes to get you all excited. <laughs> Good gracious life. Is this old hay to you? You already got it all down? You need to be up here preaching it. <laughs> Let's turn over to Genesis. Let's look at this real quickly. Genesis 12. The spiritual side. In verse 1 it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You are called to be a blessing. Instead of always having your hand stretched out to receive something, start stretching your hand out to give something. Amen? Start laying hands on the sick. Amen? <laughs> Start taking what God's given you and start giving it to somebody else. This is the spiritual part. He said he's redeemed. This is part of our blessing. Listen, he says that we are now a nation, a kingdom of priests. It's not just the pastor that can pray for the sick. You ought to be praying for the sick. It's not just the pastor that needs to be sharing the gospel. You can share the gospel. The same Holy Spirit in me, he's in you. You can do it. <laughs> hey, man, you can do it. 
Don't listen to the devil that tells you you can't do it. Yes, you can because you've got the, the greater one in you. Amen. And you are called to be a blessing. And he said, I will bless those who bless you. And, I will, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the people of the earth are to be blessed through the church. The church is not an institution. Let me just remind you. The church is not these walls. The church is not this name called passion. All those are human reference points. They have their place. But we are the church. The redeemed of the Lord. You are the church. And it's through you that the nations of the earth will be blessed. And no other way. Now listen to me. Don't get offended. The politicians. He didn't say through the politicians. He didn't say through the government. He said through the church. We need to stop abdicating our authority and our dominion. and Rise up and take our place. Physical. The physical. Look, uh, you're right there. Genesis. Well, let's look at the financial. We'll look at it next. And then I'll I'll come back up to the physical. Because you're right there. Uh, Genesis 13, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt. How many know Egypt's a type of the world? To the Negev with his wife and everything he had lot with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock, in silver and gold. Now, I don't have time here, but if you'll read back in chapter 12 in context, he got all that from Pharaoh. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the... See, if, instead of you going and hunting all this stuff, if you will pursue God and get God first and foremost in your life, he said all these things will be added to you. That's what happened to Abraham. Man, he went, he went into Egypt, got himself in trouble, got there in Egypt. But when he came out of Egypt, I'm telling you what, man, I'm telling you, Abraham, he's a good man to look at when it comes to faith. He didn't do everything just right. Amen. I'm not advocating you do things wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Sometimes people want to read into things. Oh, pastor said it was okay. I did not say that. But I think we can all say none of us have arrived yet. So Abraham wasn't perfect. But I'm telling you what, because he was God's man and he believed God, he was in that right relationship with God, he always landed on his feet. Now, see, there's been times, man, when, when things have happened to me and my head's where my feet were just a minute ago. Just because you're full of the Holy Ghost and, and you're a child of God and you're an overcomer, that doesn't mean you won't have trouble. Jesus promised you. He said, in the world, you're going to have some trouble. But he said, didn't stop there. He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so, you know, See, tonight we always land on our feet. Man, I'm telling you, I fell down a few stairs, but I landed on my feet. <laughs> Abraham, he comes out of Egypt. Man, I mean, he's carrying the wealth, a lot of the wealth of Egypt with him. The blessing of God, the favor of God. Amen. And then also physically. Look real quickly in 18, Genesis 18. Let's look in verse 10. You know, this is where the Lord was visiting Abraham there in his tent. And then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, 
Let me remind you, when he said this, Abraham was 99, Sarah was 90. Yeah, that's exactly what she said. She laughed. She laughed. Man, oh, man. Now, you talk about God stretching your incredulity right there. That, would, that, that was a biggie, wasn't it? And you know, if you read over there, we won't, but in Hebrews eleven eleven, it says that by faith, Sarah received a rejuvenation in her body so that she was able to conceive and bear a son. That's what I say, wow. So we see spirit, soul, body, financially. God blessed Abraham. He said, this is the blessings of Abraham that have come on us. And so by faith and grace, we are positionally restored in Christ Jesus to receive all of this. I don't have to go grasping for it. I don't have to go figure it out. I don't have to try to, you know, I don't have to give in to temptation and, you know, fudge a little here and there to get, meet my needs and all of that. I just need to remember what God has said, what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus for me and for you. And, you know, if you're here this morning and you, you, you're not, you don't call yourself a Christian, he's done it for you. All you need to do is receive it. All you need to do is believe it. And just step into it. I mean, this, I'm telling you, we've got the greatest thing going on the planet, folks. Let's don't keep it a secret. Let's go blab it. Hey, man, let's go tell everybody. I got good news. God's got some good stuff for you. God's got good things for you. God's got peace. God's got joy. God's got forgiveness. God's got restoration. God's got all of these things. And he said, on top of that, he would just add all that you need for this life. Man, oh man, I like that, don't you? Let me give you some action points real quickly, and then we're going to receive our communion together. Let me ask you something. Are you still living from a fallen positional understanding? There's a lot of Christians, good people. I'm not being critical. Don't misunderstand me. Good people love God, but they're still living as if they haven't been redeemed. Uh, hear me well. Good people. I mean, I mean, love God. But they still are living as though they haven't been redeemed. They're still living, you know, an earthly-centered thing. They're still striving and struggling in their own strength, their own ability. If that's you this morning, listen. Come out of that and come into the new life. Amen. Come into the new life. Recognize your reconnection to a positional authority by faith in Christ Jesus. We know this, that it's not by works that any man can boast, but it is by the grace of God, but it is by faith. We only access grace by faith. If you don't believe, you can't receive. Isn't that true? I could tell you, listen, I got a check up here for you for $10,000. You say, well, I don't believe that, and you just stay in your seat. Well, I go home with the 10000 in my pocket. And you go home with all your cares and troubles and worries about your money. And all the time, your answer was right there. God 
tells you what he has done in Christ Jesus in the Bible. We talked about it a little bit this morning. You have to receive that by faith. You've got to say, you know what, God, I believe that you're trustworthy. I believe that you're a God who tells the truth. I believe that you really are a God of love and you want what's best for me. And that, that's just the open doorway and you just step through trust. Lord, I'm trusting what Jesus did at Calvary. I'm trusting what he did when he shed his blood. I'm trusting when the Bible says he bore my sins and he carried my diseases. And by his stripes, I am redeemed and healed and set free. Amen. Thirdly, live in the positional freedom as a child of God. Just live there. You say, how do I do that? Get in this book, in your prayer closet, and spend some time with the Holy Spirit until you can say, this is mine. This is who I am. This is who God has made me. This is what Jesus has provided for me. And my living in this glorifies Him to the highest level. Amen? When you have live in joy and peace, you're honoring what He did at Calvary. Isn't that right? When, you, when you're walking in forgiveness and freely forgiving others, you're honoring what God did through Jesus at Calvary. Today, we're going to be sharing communion together. It's kind of how we're going to close out. If you didn't get some elements like this when you came in, if you'll lift your hand, the ushers will bring you those elements. You know, today, I'm so glad we're doing communion today with this message. And I want to, while the ushers are, are serving you that need it, I want to read you some scriptures. Because we know that these elements, over here to my left, uh, Preston, thank you, brother. We know that these elements, Jesus said, they represent his broken body and his shed blood. You know, but I want to remind you that his, of, uh, I'll read some scriptures that remind you of why his body was broken and why his blood was shed. And remember that, that the offering of Jesus, Hebrews tells us, was a once for all eternal offering. That means it's just as powerful now as it was the day it ran down the cross on Golgotha. The blood is just as powerful. His broke, what his body was broken for, it's just as powerful now as it was when his mother Mary stood at the, at, at, down at the base and was looking up with him with tears streaming down. It's just as powerful. Just as powerful as it was on the day of Pentecost when the 120 were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost fell. Let me read you some scriptures. Listen. 1 Peter 2.24. He says, He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Jesus did it. I said, Jesus did it. 
Jesus did it. He didn't fail. He succeeded. The resurrection, you know what the resurrection, among other things, tells us? He succeeded. God accepted it. By His wounds you are healed. Listen to Colossians over here. Listen to this. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Not only do you have redemption and forgiveness of sins, but He said He has brought you from the dominion, the rulership of the kingdom of darkness into and under the rule and reign of the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom of grace, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of forgiveness, the kingdom of blessing. See, as we take communion, that's, this is what it's reminding us of. And you know what? I'm going to take mine. Amen. You better take yours. You say, why don't you take it? Not that we have to take it from God, but we have an opposition. And the enemy will do everything he can. He'll tell you, you don't deserve it. You don't, you know, he'll, he'll tell you you're not worthy and all that stuff. But you know what? This is what made us worthy. Okay, let me read one more and then we're going to eat together. In Ephesians chapter 2, listen to this. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Say rich in mercy. mercy. Oh, rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's not poverty stricken in mercy. He's not dealing it out with an eyedropper. He's rich in mercy. Made us alive with Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Woo! Man, this is good, isn't it? In order that in the coming ages, well, that would include us because we're in one of the coming ages, right? (laughs) He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God wants to show you the riches of His grace and mercy today when we partake of the Lord's table together. He said, for it is by grace that you have been saved. You know, the word saved there is an all-encompassing word from the the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. It means saved, forgiven, delivered, healed, provided for. You have been saved. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We can't boast about our salvation. We can't boast about our healing. We can't boast about how blessed we are except to boast in the Lord. Not by works so no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He has prepared beforehand for us to do. Let's take the bread there. Paul tells us that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread there with his disciples and he broke the bread and he said, he said, this is my body which was broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. His body was broken. We read there in Peter, by his wounds we are healed. If you need healing in your body this morning, 
As we partake of this bread, let it be a partaking of the broken body, the wounds of Jesus for healing for your body. And remember, nothing is too hard for God. Father, thank you for the broken body, for the stripes laid upon Jesus. And Father, we do declare that by His stripes we were healed and we are healed. And Father, everyone who needs healing now, we receive it by faith as we partake of your body. Let's eat together. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for healing. Right now, just receive healing in your body. Healing for that pain. Healing for that bad report you might have received. Right now, just take a moment. Just, you can just say to the Lord, Lord, right now receive the free gift of healing. It's a free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do something special. For by grace are you healed through faith. And that not of yourselves, not of works, but by a free gift from God. Healing. Healing for your body. Healing for your mind. Healing and wholeness. Healing for that blood disease. Healing for that arthritis, osteoporosis. Healing for that asthma or bronchial uh, problems. Healing right now for for blood-related problems. Healing right now. Healing for tumors. Healing in your body right now. Let the healing of God flow through you by the Holy Spirit right now. Healing. Healing, Father. In the name of Jesus. Healing. Healing. To flow in this place. Thank you, Father. By the stripes of Jesus, by the broken body, healing, 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 blood-related things, diabetes, kidney disease, uh, lungs. Right now, in the name of Jesus, there's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. Receive it. Receive it. In Jesus, neurological things, healing, healing, healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. You're rich in mercy. 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 mercy. Healing, healing. All over this place. In Jesus' name. Healing for loved ones. Healings for children. In the name of Jesus. Healing for spouses. Thank you, Father. Healing in the house. Healing by the broken body. Thank you, Father. Strength. Life is yours. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. That same evening, the Apostle Paul reports that the Lord said, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the blood of the New Testament. He said, as often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. We know that his blood was shed for the remission 
Not only the forgiveness, but for the remission of our sins. God said, as far as the east is from the west, when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His shed blood, as far as the east is from the west, He'll remove our sins from us. Oh, thank God. Thank God that we do not have to carry around the burden of sin. You know, if you're here this morning and you say, I don't even know that I, that, that I am a Christian pastor. Well, listen, this is a good time. Put your faith in Jesus. You don't have to figure it all out in your head. Listen, faith is a heart proposition. Just believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came as a man. He walked this earth. He understands what you're going through. He, he was a man himself. He, he was tempted in all ways, just as you are, except without sin. But he understands. He's a highest priest. He's a Savior that understands. And he said, if you'll just believe on him, believe what he did at Calvary, that he shed his blood for you, that if you will believe in him and call upon him, you'll be saved. And if you're a believer, you need forgiveness of sin. Now's the time to receive it. If the devil's been taunting you, if the devil's been eating your lunch, as it were, <laughs> and tormenting you, the blood of Jesus sets you free. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb. And Lord, as we drink this cup, Father, may we once again receive all the benefits of the blood of the Lamb forgiveness of sins, remission of sins, deliverance from the torments of the enemy. Father, may we remember as believers that we've been delivered out of the dominion and authority of the kingdom of darkness, and we are now joint heirs, and we are in the kingdom of your beloved Son. We have faith in Jesus, and Father, we believe in the mighty power of His blood to deliver us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the precious blood. Can we just lift our hands just a moment? Let's thank Him for the blood, for the broken body. Thank you, Father, that you've delivered us. We thank you, Lord. Our faith is in you. You are a good God. Oh, Father, I thank you for the precious blood, for the broken body. We are delivered. We have been delivered. We are delivered and we shall be delivered. God, I thank you. You're more than enough. More than enough. No work of darkness can stay in our life. No sickness can remain in our body. Father, no lack can, can remain in our lives because your abundance, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. We're in covenant relationship with you. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Make it real to every heart. Grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning the covenant. Make it real to everyone in this place today, oh God. In Jesus' name, we have an attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. 